What's up, everyone? We're back for Locked On Bucks. Camille is back with us as well. And it's perfect timing for Camille to be here because I know that Camille is a big Ja Morant fan. I'm a big Ja Morant fan. We get to watch Giannis every single day. So I thought, let's talk about, in my opinion, maybe the two most exciting players in the league. Maybe uh, Camille has someone else that she wants to throw in the mix there. But let's show some love to Giannis and Ja. And then, of course, we're going to look ahead uh, to this game with Miami. It could be a potential playoff matchup come early here. They've played each other a few times this year, so there's lots to talk about with the Miami Heat. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win and hear me on this show daily and also find my work over at ESPN and joining me as she does once a week is Camille Davis also a part of the technical foul podcast so make sure you check out uh, Camille and the crew over there as well uh, we thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every single day people are really getting on board now because they know that we are around 20 games from the postseason things are going to start to get mm-hmm. serious I think everyone got through their New Year, lull. Maybe they had a few episodes off. I respect it, but now's the time to get back on board, and we thank you for doing that. And subscribe. If you haven't on the audio podcast or uh, audio platform or on YouTube, do that as well because that's really helpful for us. Camille, what is happening? Not too much. Uh, Speaking of Technical File, just got home from recording this week's episode of of Tech File, so uh, I'm already warmed up. I'm ready to go. I've been talking sports for the last two hours, so I'm ready to focus on the Bucks for a little bit. All right, so let's talk Giannis, and let's talk Ja Morant. So as the Bucks were taking care of business against the Charlotte Hornets last night, uh, Ja Morant was doing some silly stuff. And as I was flicking through Twitter, all I could see was people talking about Ja, so I looked at these highlights, I looked at this dunk, on Pirtle. I looked at this buzzer beater. He scored 52. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I just tweeted and said, look, I think when I watch the NBA as someone that is, uh, let's say, not a supreme athlete, uh, I see these guys and they're dunking. So basically to me, and I'm a very, very average height man, you know, I, I there's, there's nothing that no one ever is walking down the street and thinking that guy is an athlete. That's that's how people that's how, that's what people think about me. So anytime anyone does anything on the NBA floor, I'm like, okay, this is pretty ridiculous. But Ja Morant, I tweeted that I think that he's almost on a level of his own now. When you look at some of the dunks that he throws down, and not only the ones that he completes, but some of the things he tries is just absolutely unthinkable. But maybe I was overlooking our guy a little bit, Giannis, who we get to see every single night do absolutely freakish things as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the timing of this conversation is really interesting because actually on Tech File, we ended our show talking about the five most exciting NBA players in the league right now. Yeah, um, and Giles on the list, on my list, Giannis is on my list um, because one thing about Memphis that I've realized, and I mean, what, what Taylor is doing over there as the coach, you know, a product of Bud's coaching tree, um, 
it's kind of the system reminds me of the Bucks. Um, and and except that Ja Morant is the focal point instead of Giannis Antetokounmpo being the focus point. And Ja, as I've said on this show before, if you follow me on Twitter, you know Ja is one of my favorite players in the league, one of my favorite guys, period, young, old. I just love watching Ja play basketball because he's extremely athletic. And this season, he's really been putting it all together. Like the IQ, like he sees the floor well, and he's just putting it all together. And it's really, really fun to watch. And like you said, we get to see somebody every night in Giannis just do incredible things. I mean, four blocks last night. Uh, <laughs> and I tweeted even about Giannis because the first block that he got back on Pumley, um, I was like, a couple years ago, that would have been just a frustration file. He's finally been able to channel like when he gets upset into just elevating his play, which has been super dope to see. But you're talking about exciting players. There's so many in the league right now. But Bucks fans, please don't kill me. But I think there is one guy that's more exciting than Giannis in the league, and that would be Steph Curry. Um, mm. To me, there's there's no one more exciting. Like when Steph gets on a heater, there's there's nothing more exciting than see what kind of shots he's going to take, how he's going to get the handle to get to the spot where he wants to take his shot. Um, he's just really fun to watch. But overall, I mean, the talent in the NBA right now is incredible. You got guys like Kyrie, you got Jokic, you got Zion when you know he's healthy. Uh, KD, like there's there's so much talent. It's so many exciting guys in the league right now. So Ja, again, not not to me, but in NBA player stakes, Ja is a little guy, which I think is why these dunks get uh, a little bit more uh, wow factor. I would say when yeah. he throws it down, like the one they did yesterday. He's six three, but he's also just so little. Now I've told you this before that I don't watch too much college basketball, but I remember the first time I became aware of Ja Morant was during the <laughs> tournament going a few. Now, I don't, you're shaking your head. So I think you're already confirming what I was about to ask. Was that against Mark? I mean, he went off a number yes. of times. He yes, it was. Okay. Yes, it was. That That is when my fandom also started because I'm a Marquette basketball fan. I was, I was like, I was like, stop, someone stop Ja. And no one could stop Ja. He did whatever he wanted. And I just said, you know what? Color me if I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I hope this kid does well in the league. And he has definitely been doing that. Okay, and I did. You did jump on the podcast a few weeks ago, and you had your hair. You had your hair up. And my pineapple. And I, and I said, "You're looking like Ja Morantio." Now, of course, looks better on you than it does Ja. No offense to Ja, <laughs> but uh, look, it just this, everything's cool about Ja. I'm definitely a little bit concerned about him sometimes the way he plays because he is only I don't know what he is in pounds, but 79 kilos, I believe, for those that understand what I'm talking about there. So anyway, he's a little fella. I'm heavier than Ja Moran. I can confirm that. So that's that's telling you something. <laughs> He's a little bit taller than me. But on Giannis, a- again, it's not a knock on him because we get to watch what he does every single night and the way that he moves his body is clearly uh, absolutely freakish as well. And we think that Giannis should be in the MVP conversation and I think that he should be. I think that he will be hurt a little bit by the fact that obviously he's won it twice already. And when you're trying to win it for a third time, if you're not really dominant in that number one seed position, then it could be difficult to overcome the voting fatigue or those types of things. But I did tweet that I thought DeMar DeRozan, the way that he just keeps winning games, he has to now be in the conversation, which is just unthinkable. It's not something you could even have imagined at the start of the season. But Jai is averaging 27 points, six rebounds, and six and a half assists, 50% from the field. And Memphis... You talk about teams that go under the radar. Like, I think everyone understands that Memphis are really good and they understand that Jar's having this incredible season, but they're 43 and 20. 
they're probably, depending on what happens with Golden State and Draymond Green, they're probably going to be a top two seed in the West. So yeah. I think if he keeps doing this, you're going to see that Moran is going to be really in that conversation as well. But honestly, there's about six guys now. It's It might be the busiest MVP race we've seen, which I think is another reason why it's just going to be more challenging for Giannis to get it, even if we think that he should. And there was a number of people yeah. that tweeted at me yesterday uh, when I mentioned DeMar DeRozan, they're like, did you see Giannis's numbers for February? And it was something like 32 points, 12 rebounds, six assists, 40% from three or some crazy yes. bull- bullshit yes. like that. And I'm like, okay, that's a good point. This is the perfect example of why sometimes we need to go back and actually have a look at what Giannis is doing, even though we see it on a nightly basis. And again, I think the Bucks' struggles have probably hurt him a little bit, but just ridiculous stuff from Giannis as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when you were bringing up John talking about how he's probably going to be entering into the MVP conversation, like I was thinking of Ja just as most improved player, like just yeah. seeing the jump that he made from season two to season three, but he's definitely in that MVP conversation now. And as you mentioned, it's kind of a crowded field. And I honestly feel like Giannis isn't even really getting uh, his fair, like consideration, I guess yeah. you would say. Yeah. Um I don't know if it's because of the last two years, like coming into the season, I really thought this was going to be Giannis's third MVP year. I was like, you know, the narrative is over now. You can't say he can't win in the playoffs because that's what they were saying before about why they weren't considering him for MVP. But that monkey is off of his back now. So, hey, it's time for another MVP award. And then the season starts and you just see just amazing play from Jokic, from Embiid, from DeRozan, from from Ja, from Giannis. And it's, it's crowded. It's a crowded field, but... I think that if you're looking at the numbers and also the impact, like Giannis, you have to be talking about Giannis in the MVP conversation. I don't think he'll win it anymore. I did at the beginning of the season. I don't think it's going to him, but um, anything's possible. I mean, he could have a complete heater to end the season, especially given the fact that the Bucks have the strongest strength of schedule left to finish up the season, such a difficult schedule. If Giannis performs at a high level, honestly, the level he's been performing at, um, those conversations around his name and MVP talk might get louder as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. If the Bucks go on a run here because of the teams they're playing, I think that mm-hmm. he will get that consideration, especially if the Bucks do end up, I don't think it's likely, but if they do end up finishing a, a top two seed, then I think that most people, it does feel like people want to give Giannis the credit, certainly over a guy like Jokic, and you can make up your own mind why that is. I don't know why that is, that Jokic doesn't seem to get uh, as much credit as he deserves, but Embiid is the other guy that looks like he'll be at the top, particularly if, if Philadelphia, they look pretty good. But I would imagine the Bucks have a number of national TV games as well without looking at the schedule just because they're playing a bunch of good teams. Um, so if Giannis plays the way we know he plays, typically on national TV games, then yeah, I would suggest that he'll be back in that conversation. Let's talk about one of the big rivalries that the Bucks have in the East, one of the big challenges they're going to have uh, potentially in the postseason as well in the Miami Heat. Uh, but first, I want to talk about prize picks. Uh, are you looking for daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, you guys know I love it, and you will too if you jump on board. All you have to do is pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize picks are safe and offers fast withdrawals. And of course, you can use the award winning app on both the App Store or Google Play if uh, that's the, 
the party going down there. For a limited time, Price Picks has exclusive no-brainer offer for all of our you uh, all of our listeners. Uh, you get fifty bucks free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point, uh, but you have to use the code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer for Locked On fans. Sign up today and use the code NBA for fifty bucks free if a player in your first Price Picks entry scores a single point. All right, make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast as well. All the hosts across the network. Uh, let's give a little recap after the game. So if you haven't been able to keep up, and oftentimes when the Bucks are playing, you don't know what else is going on around the NBA. You're locked into the Bucks game, so you can check out the Locked On Now podcast after you listen to Locked On Bucks, and you'll be filled in on everything. And speaking of Memphis, before we move to Miami, our host over there at uh, Locked On Grizzlies, Sean Coleman, who we had, on this podcast is one of the all-time great fellas. And he has got, in my opinion, one of the great accents going around. He's from Tennessee. His accent is just crazy. And some of our listeners may have seen Stephen Adams, the clip the other day. Sean Coleman was asking Stephen Adams a question. And Stephen Adams, to a lot of, uh, I would assume, our listeners also think that Stephen Adams has a crazy accent. Anyway, Stephen Adams, one of the great guys (laughs) as well. It was a great interaction. You can probably find it on Twitter somewhere there. So shout out to Sean Coleman, who I have no doubt will not be listening to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> he would occasionally, but I'm just, he's a busy man. I don't think he's listening to the Locked On Bucks randomly. He may be. He may be. Hey, word of the of the love might get back to him though. So, you know. That's true. I might have to tag him in the, in the, in the, in the, in the tw- <laughs> in a tweet or something. Boost these listeners numbers. Uh, Bucks and Heat coming up at Fiserv Forum. Uh, 7 p.m. tip central time. And this is the fourth game between the two teams. At this point, Miami have won two of the three. Uh, Just a quick recap uh, with some of those games. The first game, uh, the Heat absolutely blew out the Bucs. There was no Drew Holiday in that game. Game two, the Bucs did win, but there was no Bam. There was no Jimmy, but there was also no Giannis. Then game three, the Heat won that game. There was no Bam and no Jimmy. The Bucs had everyone. That was a disappointing uh, loss in that game. But it's fair to say, that Miami are a team that on paper has the personnel defensively to cause some problems. And they can, I mean, to be, to be fair, they can cause some problems for every team, certainly in a defensive end, but they're 41 and 21 top of the East seventh in offense, sixth in defense. They're pretty good. Yeah. They, they've been playing well and they've surprised me a bit to be completely honest with you, because coming into the season, my question around Miami was their bench. I'm like, they, I was like, okay, you, you got PJ now, you got Kyle Lowry, you got Jimmy, you got Bam, okay, you got Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, but like after that, what are you really going to do? And throughout this season, a lot of guys miss games, a lot of the top guys miss games, and their bench really stepped it up um, in ways that I did not expect. So uh, Miami is for real. The defense is smothering when they're when they're all locked in, but I do still have some concerns with Miami, and I believe on the – um, locked on roundtable episode that you were on um, the half court offense. And I was glad to hear that brought up because they definitely can stall in that area. And if you can switch well as well, um, you can give Miami some additional problems, but you put a bigger guy on Jimmy Butler, see what they can do about that. And if they can figure out how to run their offense, you know, with Jimmy kind of taken out of it a bit, good luck to them. But 
the part about Miami that just completely like makes me nervous is is that defense because when they are locked in, it is it's smothering. Like there's really no other word to, to put it. Like I've seen clips where I'm like, they just have teams in jail right now. Like they're in jail, they are locked up. They there's no way for them to go. It's it's tough sledding, but I would think that the Bucks are going to be um, up for this game, not only because, you know, we're getting to the last 20 games of the season uh, on the road to the playoffs. They're really trying to sharpen things up at the moment. So I know they're looking forward to this game. In addition to that, there's there's some beef uh, between Milwaukee and Miami. So that's not forgotten at all. And I'm really excited to to see this game and how this plays out because um, I'm expecting a heavyweight heavyweight fight really to come out of this game. So the last time I checked it, you mentioned the half-court offense. And I, I think this is probably the big question why I still look at Miami and I'm like, I, and it's not necessarily about a matchup with the Bucs, but just in general right. looking at the Heat and saying, I don't know if I can see a championship team here. And a, a big reason for that is that I just don't, I, I don't know. I mean, compared to all the other contenders that are out there. And maybe you can say this is the question why the Bulls, people would question the Bulls as well because DeMar DeRozan hasn't been that guy in the past. Jimmy Butler, I just think it's like such a weird thing to think about that Jimmy Butler could be a guy at this age to carry a team. And people will say, well, they reached the finals in the bubble. Of course, there's been some weird stuff that has followed on since the bubble yeah. that makes you believe that it was a different situation. But the half-court offense, last time I checked on cleaning the glass, was around 13th or 14th. So while they're seventh overall in the half court, they can slow down. And I think a big problem with that is because of those guys, because uh, Jimmy, for instance, has gone through shooting struggles at times. Of course, these guys haven't had their full complement of players for a lot of games as well. Bam has only played 37 games to this point. And I got slammed at the start of the season when I suggested that the Heat, I, I thought the Heat had no depth. Now, I've always said that Miami will be in a good position to win a lot of regular season games because they simply try harder than most teams yeah. night to night. I mean, these guys just play their ass off every single night, which is going to result in a bunch of wins. But I'm still looking at the guys that are coming off the bench, and I'm not <laughs> sitting here and saying that, okay, well, this is this, these are guys that anyone's going to be worried about in the playoffs. Now, maybe they come in and they shoot really well, and they all step up. But at the start of the season, I don't think anyone was looking at guys like Max Struess and Caleb Martin and Deadman and Yurtsevin and all these guys and saying, okay, yeah, yeah, that's a playoff rotation. So I'm sticking right. by my take at the start of the season here. What about our old friend PJ Tucker, though? He has played a lot. He's played 55 he games, 29 minutes per game. And PJ does not take a minute off during that time when he is on the court. So there is definitely... I was a Heat fan, a little bit of concern about, you know, just health going into the playoffs and how his body will hold up because he is an older body. Um, so I love watching PJ, especially after last year. Um, he will always have a special place in my heart, but 36 years old, um, playing every game almost like it's a playoff game. It adds up the miles add up on your body. Um, so I can definitely see reason for concern there, but you mentioned their bench and we just saw well, reports are coming out that Victor Ladipo is on his way back and he looks incredible and unbelievable. And you just wait until you see him get back on the court. And I'm not here to say if that's true or false. I have no idea. I, you know, I'm, I don't work for the heat. I don't have any insight to the heat, but they are going to need somebody like a Victor Ladipo to be somebody um, to have a real run in the playoffs, in my opinion, because like you mentioned, the guys on the bench have been great during a regular season to keep them afloat. I didn't expect their depth to even be able to do that, and they surprised me in that way. But 
in the playoffs, I am not sure how much fear I'm going to have from Gabe Vincent or Caleb Martin or anything like that. But if a Victor Oladipo can show up, and again, he's coming off an injury, it's always hard to tell. I mean, we can look at Clay, who had his two-year layoff, and he's still trying to figure out exactly his flow back in the game. So I'd be hesitant to expect a lot out of Vic coming back, but um, he's somebody who I think could be a crucial piece for them going forward um, because it's a big what if because he could be what they need off the bench in the playoffs to give them some extra scoring. But again, he's been hurt a little bit of a layoff. I can't be scared of it yet. Despite what the reports are saying about how he's looking out of Miami right now. And a very, very likable player, in my opinion, Victor Oladipo. Yeah. So I'd be more than happy to see him have a good run of health. Cause let's be fair. He probably deserves it at this point. And Morris uh, has Jokic ended his career or what is happening with, uh, <laughs> at least with the Morris? season because uh, this has turned into quite a weird injury that he's got that could potentially a serious one there. Just a real PJ stat here. So I've seen a lot of people, and I haven't watched, I'm not going to act like I've watched every Miami game, but I see some people that, that bring up the stat with PJ Tucker. Well, he's up near the top of the league in three-point shooting, and he is. He's at 45% from three this season. I wouldn't say that he was at his best shooting the three ball when he uh, was with the Bucks last year. Of course, that's not where his value is. When you get offense from P.J. Tucker, it's it's a bonus. You'll take right. it every single time. But he's shooting the ball really well, uh, 45% from three. He is only taking three threes a game, though, so it's pretty low volume. And I looked this up because we know P.J. Tucker. He lives in the corners. He'll knock down those corner threes. 159 of his 164 three-point attempts this season have been classified as open or wide open, according to NBA. And this is what we know about PJ. Don't leave him in the corner, but you don't want to do that because he will knock down that three. So he's obviously been doing that at a really high clip for this Miami team as well. And like you said, we love PJ. I'm sure that yep. he's going to be overly aggressive in this game and there will be some Bucks fans out there that will be frustrated by the treatment. But PJ is a Milwaukee legend forever and we understand that. And I'll tell you what else is a Milwaukee legend. That's Bill Bar. We're... Uh, about to come into March. So at this point, if your New Year's resolutions are starting to get a little bit shaky, I totally understand it. But if it's anything to do with dietary requirements, then I suggest you make the move to Built Bar because you'll just have no problems. You'll keep cruising through. Uh, we speak about it all the time, but the great flavors with Built Bar include mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And uh, for this month, you can also find the white chocolate cookies and cream which sounds pretty delicious but there's new flavors coming out all the time so you can check them out at built.com just go to built.com and you can scroll down and find all the uh, dietary info when it comes to built bar as well but most built bars contain around 130 calories four grams of sugar four net carbs and 17 grams of protein significantly better for you than most other candy bars all you have to do is go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 and get 15 percent off your order use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. When we talk about Miami, though, Camille, we should uh, discuss the fact that this is, I will say, without having the numbers for every team up in front of me right now, this is the team that Giannis struggles against more than any team in the league. There's no question about that. Uh, and now they're probably built better than ever to slow him down. Now, Giannis has played two games against Miami this season. In both games, he had 15 points. In one game, he was 4 for 11 from the field. In another game, he was 4 for 13 from the field. Uh, so let's be honest, it hasn't been great times. It hasn't been happy days 
uh, for the Bucs. And they lost both of those games. They won the game that Giannis didn't play. And look, this Miami team, they were only giving up 40.4 points in the paint, which is number one in the league. And just for reference, the Bucs in 2019-20, when they were an absolute powerhouse, were giving up 38.7. So it's around the mark there. This is what this Miami team does. And we've seen that the Bucs have had success against the Heat. They uh, Look, we know that they swept Miami. There's no doubt about that. But the first game was a grinded out game. That's kind of what you would expect from Miami in the postseason. I think they're going to suffocate a bunch of teams. And then we saw uh, that they obviously won that game. And then in game four, which I, I caught some clips of just recently, and I'd forgot <laughs> that they were down for a significant portion of this game until Brent Forbes went absolutely ballistic from the outside. Yeah. So I do think more than just about any other team in the league, uh, if you don't hit threes against them, you can find yourself in some serious trouble because they will just shut down the paint. And they've got more than enough personnel to do so. And this is the big challenge for Giannis, to find a way to be an efficient scorer. He can be a facilitator, but finding a way to be an efficient scorer against this Miami defense has been problematic. It's a great point, and that's exactly the way Miami likes it because you take away the best player on the Bucks, and you make everyone else beat you that way. Um, and as we've seen in some of the games where uh, Miami wins, the shots aren't falling, and it gets really ugly really quick. I mean, the very first game we had against them this season, it was it was almost unwatchable at points where it was just like this is this is really bad. It's like the worst case scenario happening for us. First game without Brooke as well, adjusting to that. It, it was not it was not a pretty slight. So it's a good point talking about the paint defense that they have here and also why we've had conversations about what parts of Giannis's game we think he should be working on. What's the most important part for him to grow? And it's that in-between game. It's that mid-range game. So if that if a wall holds you up or you get stuck and you can't get to your spot in the paint, be able to maneuver and get to a spot where you can still get two on the board. And we've seen Giannis work on his turnaround, his post move. So I'm hopeful that um, situation we'll be able to see that but then again if he gets into those actions he has to be very quick and uh deliberate about his actions whether he's going to be shooting or passing it because Miami has no problem bringing the help on him as well so it's one of those games where Giannis has to outthink Miami and everything's happening so quickly that he just has to put himself and the team in the best situation as possible and I would think that Miami would prefer for him to just facilitate the entire game. So at some point he's going to have to also find a way to be aggressive enough to get his own shot because uh, we need the, the 30, what was in February 32 points that he was averaging. Like we're going to need Giannis to, to show up and lead this team. And as we've seen since all-star break, um, the, the team feeds off of his energy. Like he, he brings the energy to me as a leader, as a player, he gets guys up. So if Miami takes him out of the game, it's, it, it, it's very unlikely, in my opinion, that the Bucks will win if Giannis doesn't have himself a, a respectable game. Well, you talk about the energy. Uh, if we go back to this game against Charlotte yesterday, uh, he had, I, I think, perhaps the most disrespectful block you can make is when you block it back onto the guy's head, which he did, <laughs> which he did to Miles Bridges in Bridges, this game yeah. yesterday. It was unfortunate. Bridges was on the end of a couple of blocks, but I love that. When you block the shot onto the guy's head, it's it's got to be uh, it's got to be a low point, a low low uh, low point there for Miles Bridges. But you're right. I think on the other side of the ball, we spoke about their offense a little bit. I'm curious just to see Bam Adebayo because if you remember back to the postseason last year, and then go back the year before in the bubble, he looked like a guy in the bubble that was ready to 
to go to the next level offensively, particularly with the jump shot. Because, look, he, he's athletic. We understand. One of the most versatile defenders in the league. Mm-hmm. But then we got to last year's postseason, and he was refusing to shoot that open mid-range jump shot, which I was always under the impression he had decent touch. I'm not saying he's a knockdown shooter, but decent touch on we'd seen him before knock down that shot and take advantage of the Bucks, And he refused to do that in the playoff series last year. So I've been hearing that he's looking great. So as we said, he's missed a bunch of games. I'm curious to see if he takes that shot because it's probably going to be there. Yeah, we'll see. And it was so interesting, like you mentioned, during the playoff series because it was like the Bucks were like, go ahead and shoot. And Bam just kept saying pretty much like, no, thank you. Like, I'll shoot it when I want to shoot it and not when you tell me to shoot it. So we'll see. I haven't seen um, too many Miami games in full, mostly just clips. And normally the clips I'm seeing of Miami are defensive clips, um, just showing what they can do on possession, shutting teams down. So I just pulled up. Bam's numbers really quick and he's averaging a career high in points, um, which is a little bit more than he averaged last year. Last year, he averaged 18.7 this year, 18.9. So not too much of a difference there. And looking at field goal percentages, his two point percentage is actually down this season from last um, while his three point percent, like he's just not shooting threes. It's not, it's not in his bag. So We'll see if the offense has improved for Bam. I'm not sure where those two-point shots have been coming from, but to see that he's shooting uh, 54% from the from two um, after shooting 57% last year, not necessarily encouraging, um, but we'll we'll see. I mean, the Bucks, like you mentioned, are going to let him – they're going to dare him to shoot it. So if he can knock a few of those down, he can change the defense that the Bucks are playing to a certain degree. So we'll see what he's able to do. He's taking a career high – and uh, field goal attempts as well. So at least he's shooting it, I guess you could say. At least he's, he's taking the shot attempts. I think they need him too. Uh, I also think everyone needs to listen to the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, you can get that daily. I'm sure they'll be talking some bucks and heat after this game, but they'll uh, run you through everything that happened in the NBA the night before. So check out the Locked On NBA podcast. And Camille, you go into this game. So yes, sir. are you walking into this game with optimism uh, of a win or just optimism about receiving a cap, which I believe Brandon Jennings uh, designed. Is that is that correct? It is correct. It is the Brandon Jennings uh, Fear the Deer 414 Bucks and Six for the culture hat. I think all of those phrases are on there <laughs> in some way. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to getting the free hat. And, I mean, I haven't been to many Bucks games since the pandemic. Uh, this will be my second Bucks game since everything shut down in 2020. So I'm excited just to get back into the building and be in Pfizer because I haven't been there um, as often as I would have liked to. So I'm just looking forward to enjoying the game, getting some good food, um, and hopefully seeing the Bucks win. I would love to go home on a win. So Brandon Jennings has kind of disappeared a little bit in recent months. So I wonder if he's about to resurface for the playoff run. I, I think he... <laughs> He looked like he enjoyed himself last uh, postseason. So, uh, oh, absolutely. You know, we'll see whether he comes back. But anyway, I'm sure many of you will be going to the game. You'll see Camille there. Uh, so uh, say hello. And uh, yeah, for ho- sure. hopefully you all enjoy your hats if everyone can get those. I don't know how many they're giving out, but get there early perhaps. Maybe that's the best way to go about it. Uh, Camille, always a pleasure. Definitely, definitely. Thanks for having me. All right. We'll be back after the game. Frank will be here. No guarantee of Blanche will be there as well, but <laughs> we will see how that plays out. But for now, for Camille, make sure you check out the Technical Foul Podcast. For myself, we'll catch you guys after the game. <laughs>